I wonder how often we give thought to uh, what life means, what, what the meaning of, of life is. I know that there are times uh, over the course of, of my life that I've given uh, a quite a bit of, uh, quite a deal of thought as into what, what life means, like what, what the meaning of, of my life, the purpose of my life is, what, what am I doing, why am I here, why am I uh, doing what I do, all of those things, uh, and, and, and I've often thought about what we think um, as individuals, uh, what we are accomplishing, and what we have to accomplish for life to be a success. Have you ever, you ever contemplated that, given that thought? What it is that you have to be doing, what we have to be doing as individuals and collectively as a group, what we have to be doing in order for life to have been successful. Do we have a plan on how to achieve that? If you went to the bank and you're starting a business, what's the one thing they want you to have? Probably some money to start with, a little bit, anyway, of your own. Uh, but aside from that, if you're starting a business, what, what do they want you to have? A, a model, right, of what the business is going to look like, how it's going to achieve success, what kind of growth it's going to have, all the things that you're going to take place. What stages is this business going to take to reach a healthy level of success where you no longer need the bank to get, infuse money into it and you're actually turning over your own money? How long is that going to take? They want you to be able to prove to them or show to them how you're going to have success before they'll invest in your business. Do we have a, do we have a thought on what life is successfully going to be look like? At the end, I, do we have a plan? Do we know what success is? Do we, do we have an understanding of what will constitute success on how we live our lives right here and right now? Is it wealth? I mean, these are, these are things that, that people will tell you or, or maybe even we think sometimes ourselves constitutes a, a successful life. Wealth, having a, a large amount of money in the bank so you can, you can spend it on whatever, whatever you see fit. Is that success? Is that, is that what we're longing for? Is that what we're, we're looking for? Is it, is it to be happy? Uh, you'll, you'll hear people say, I just... I just want to be happy. I just want life to go well enough that I'm, that I'm happy in what I do. That, that's a successful life. You want life to be about feeling good. Is it about power? You know, getting to the top of your profession. Is it uh, getting to rule over a small country somewhere? I don't know. Is it, about, is it about having power over those around you? What makes your life a success? Your spouse, your, your kids, your grandkids? Having a, a good retirement fund, a little nest egg laid away somewhere. Have you thought about it? Do you have a plan? Have you thought about what it is that you're trying to accomplish now? Some of all those things that maybe. Uh, when we were younger, we thought, okay, well, this is how my life is going to unfold. This is what it's going to look like. And now that we're either fully into it or we're looking back at, at some of that, we're saying, well, did, did you accomplish that? So now what? Now that you've maybe accomplished many of those things, 
what are you doing now? It, life continues to, to need to grow and to be different than it was. We have to understand what success is for our lives. Because what, what we long for, what we desire to have as a successful life is where we'll put our energy, is where our heart lies, is where we'll, we'll spend our time, we'll spend all of our, our talents trying to achieve those things. So if our, if our success lies solely on us being wealthy, what will we do? Well, we'll invest our time in accumulating wealth. Our desire of our heart will to have more and more and more uh, financial gain. That's just the reality of our desires. So if our success uh, lies in being happy, then we will continually be chasing that next thing that is supposedly supposed to give you happiness. If it's power or fame, then we will chase those things. That, that's exactly where our heart will lie. So, what is it that drives you? Have you given thought to that? What is it that drives you? What is it that spends your time on, your energy? Where is it that your heart lies? What is it that you long for? I hope we would see the value in desiring to be godly people. And having our success in life aligned with the will that God has for us. Because all the other things that I mentioned earlier, wealth, power, fame, happiness, uh, even family and friends, all of those things can be achieved and life literally be an utter failure. You could, you could literally be happy every day of your life and come to the end of that and realize, as Scripture tells us, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And realize after that life of happiness, I'll put in air quotes, happiness, that you have missed being successful in life. You may gain great wealth or power or fame and not gain success. And so again, I hope we understand and see the value in being aligned with the will of God. Because success lies closer to pleasing God than having ourselves being pleased. Do we desire to live a life that when it is over, we can stand before God and hear the words, my good and faithful servant? Is that, is that the success we're looking for? And, and again, that... That success, that, that peace that we have with God comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. But we have an opportunity to be aligned in that. We have an opportunity to be obedient to the gospel. We have an opportunity to live a life that aligns us with that, the will of God, in obedience to his word. Do we view that as, as success? Probably in the, in the pew before you, if you don't have your own, uh, is is a Bible. And if there's not, then we'll have to shift them around because they get moved around. But there's probably a Bible in there. How often do you read it? How often do we look at it? How often do we look at it for guidance? How often do we look at it 
for the truth that it is, the wisdom that it is, to show us how we'll be living this life. God has given us his word so that we know, we know how we're to be living. And this is success. The world, again, tells us all this other stuff, this, all this other stuff and wealth and power and fame and whatever else, happiness or, or, or pleasure, all of these other things that the world puts forth and says, well, if you can just achieve this level, then you will be successful, you'll be happy, you'll have everything you want. And yet we open up God's word and, and none of those things are listed as what we should be chasing. In fact, often it, it tells us that those are the things we need to, to be willing to give up. You look at, uh, not necessarily money itself, but you look at the, the love of money is, is what? How does the end of that passage go? The love of money is the root of all evil. Do we desire wealth? I mean, it may come, and we better be prepared to use it in service of God but if we have a desire for love of money and that is all that we think about then there is a separation between us and what God wants from us what is success to us success should be living for God plain and simple and the reality is is when we do that when we have that understanding then all the rest of the building blocks of life are enhanced. So you talk about uh, wealth. Well, the wealth that you have, we can be content in it because we're living for God. The family, the power, the fame, all the rest of life seems to fall into place far more often when we have this desire to truly live for God. But we have to choose that each, each day. So we sing a song, uh, and it's based uh, out, of, out of Psalms, uh, Psalm 118. So if you want to turn on Psalm 118, you can look in verse 24. And it says, this is the day that the Lord has made, right? We will, what? Rejoice and be glad in it. And that's the song that we sing and we kind of it's repetitive but that's the the passage this is the day that god has made we will rejoice and be glad in it as we talk about success we talk about each and every day we i think when we break down life we have to break it down to those to those moments because this is what we're guaranteed this is what we have we have this day to serve god the past we cannot change there's nothing we can do really to alter what we've done in the past we, we can alter maybe the outcome of some of those things by changing today, by repentance and turning to God, which will then alter the future. But again, we're not guaranteed those, that future. So we have this day to choose what's going to be successful, what we're going to do in service of God. And this passage in Psalm, the song that we sing also, I think gives us a greater understanding of, of what this day should mean to us. This is the day that the Lord has made. So we will rejoice and be glad in it. Do we think about each day as the day that God has given us? I think if we're being honest with ourselves, maybe we forget that. That we wake up with plans, we wake up with things that we know we have to accomplish, and we forget that this day that we have right now, these, these moments that we are given, are an opportunity to serve God. 
that this, this is the day that the Lord has made. So we, need to, we need to take time to rejoice in this day. And not, and not just let another day go by. Now, we're here, obviously, on a Sunday morning to worship our God, to encourage one another to remember what Christ has done. So there's rejoicing this day. Tomorrow when you wake up and it's Monday. And uh, for some reason people don't seem to like Mondays as much. But when it's Monday, are you going to rejoice in the Lord? Do you have, do you have that prepared and planned for Monday? Not just Monday, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and back again on Sunday. To rejoice and be glad in it? Do you... Is that, is that the, the, the level of success you're going to have in that day? Is if you have an opportunity and have opportunities to be thankful? To rejoice? To live for God? Is that, is that what your day is measured in? Is that success for that day? I hope we don't, uh, I hope we don't take life for granted. One of, the, one of the things we often say is that, is that time flies. Right? Now, sometimes if you're uh, waiting for something to happen, it takes forever. But when you look back over the course of life, it seems to just go by really fast. I was mentioning, again, that we're only about three weeks away from the longest day, and then they start getting shorter and colder again. Not necessarily colder right away, but shorter. Doesn't it seem like you know spring just came, like there was just snow, and now it's that close to going, I don't even want to talk about it, but we seem to take life for granted. And it goes, it really does go by fast when you're not appreciating the moments that we are given. This is the day that the Lord has made. Now, we may every day wake up and say, okay, well, the sun rose every day of my life. Yeah, and that was a day that God had given you to live. Each and every day. To rejoice and to be glad in it. And we find that difficult sometimes because of the, the, the fact that it just ro- seems to just roll over and over and over and those days kind of just roll into one another. And there's things that we think we want and there's things that we think we need. There's things that uh, we think we get caught up in, in that it's too hard or too difficult. And the reality is that is this is what we have. This is, this is the life that we have. And if we spend it longing for something else, we will miss what we have. And if we are missing the opportunity that we have, then we are missing the opportunity to live truly in contentment, serving God as his humble servants. If we're being honest, how many of you have ever thought about someone else's life, man, I sure wish that I had something from their life. Whether it was, man, I wish I was in their shoes, or, or I had this, or I had that. It's okay to be honest. Just once, maybe, over the course of your life, you've thought that. Even in, in passing. I was thinking about that uh, as preparing for this. The other thought process where the, the grass is greener on the other side, right? And then you get there and you look back and what is it? The same thing is still true, 
right? So you see another pasture of grass, and what? The grass is greener over there. Well, then the grass is greener over there. And then eventually you're looking back at what you originally had and thinking, oh, man, the grass is sure greener over there. Because we have this, this desire for that. But, but this right here is what we have. So do you have struggles in your life? I guarantee you that you do. I know you do. And that's all right. We all have them. Do you have joys in your life? Yeah. Do you have happiness and sadness? Yeah, we all have that, you know, that whole range of emotions and things that we go through. And that opportunity is to worship God in those things. To praise God in those moments. So that not only are we then as individuals growing closer to our God, but we are setting then up for others an example of what it is to live for God when times are difficult, when times are good. No matter what we're going through, we're then setting up an example for those around us within the body of believers, those who are our neighbors, those who are around us, that this is what a life of faith is. Looks like this is what it is to spend each day rejoicing and being thankful in God. Of truly being glad to be alive. Turn into Romans chapter 5. Therefore, starting in verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who, has, who was given to us. So that, that, you know, that whole domino effect there starts with what? Middle of verse 3, and not only this, but we also exalt in what? The New American says tribulations. We exalt in our tribulations. That seems backwards, doesn't it? But here we are rejoicing, being glad in the day that we have. And what God has given us, even if it, it seems to be some tribulation, because tribulation brings about perseverance when we go through them in faith. Perseverance brings about character. We're growing closer to God. And then this character brings about hope. And hope does not disappoint us because it is based on a foundation of being faithful in God. And it starts with this. Rejoicing in the day that God has given us. Over the course of, uh, over the course of my life, uh, recycling has become just commonplace. When I, when I was a kid, we didn't, and maybe this is true for you guys, you didn't recycle anything. Everything that you got just went in the garbage. And, and now we recycle everything. And we're told that, you know, you can't be wasteful. Don't, don't be wasteful. And so maybe you even remember your, your parent uh, telling you as you were eating your food, you better finish that because there are people who are starving in other places in the world, which is true. Now, I always wondered how that applied to me in my eating of the food but the idea was don't be wasteful there's an opportunity there to to use what you've been given if we are literally going through our days 
not focused on pleasing God, not focused on rejoicing in the Lord, not being glad and giving thanks, not wanting to do the will of God, then we are wasting what we have and what we've been given. And we are so keenly aware of, of wastefulness when it comes to uh, juice boxes or, or, or those bottles or whatever else that we recycle. But are we keenly aware of what it is to waste life and the life that we have in God? Do we serve Him? Do we rejoice in Him? Do we understand that this is the day that the Lord has made? That we can rejoice and be glad in it. Sometimes with Scripture, you know, we're talking about the day of the Lord uh, and, and an opportunity to view success. Uh, sometimes when Scripture talks about the day of the Lord, it talks about that uh, day that is coming. That, that day that is coming when uh, Christ will return, right? And so we await this, this day of the Lord. And so we, we have an opportunity then not only to spend each day serving God, but we have an, each, an opportunity to look ahead also and understanding that there is a time when Christ is going to return. And so we had a, a passage read from us, uh, for us from uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, dealing with that, this, this day of the Lord, where we have an opportunity to know that Christ will return. And then on that day, he will gather up all those who have been faithful, and there will be an opportunity for us then to be with him for all eternity. Are you looking forward to that day? Are we longing for that day? Are we living for that day as we look ahead? One of the things I think is important, I turn into Philippians, one of the things I think is important as we long for that day, as we look ahead uh, for that day, that we also have an understanding that we are uh, forgetting what is behind. So in Philippians chapter 3, uh, there's a passage that, that deals with, with some of that. It says, starting in verse 12, not that I've already attained it or already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We have, to, we have to run a race. And one of the things that we're called to do in this race is forgetting what is behind. Why, why are we to forget what is behind? Isn't, isn't a part of having a history and learning from that history and growing out of that history and understanding the mistakes that we made so we don't make them again? Well, yeah, sure. All of those things, that is true. But we leave those things behind. And a part, I think, of, of looking ahead to this day that Christ is coming and being prepared for it is no longer participating in what lies behind. We forget what lies behind. We forget this life of darkness that we're supposed to be called out of. We forget all the, the things that we were a part of when we were enemies of God's. And now, instead of that, we press on, right? We press on ahead, forward, toward God, with our eyes focused on the cross, understanding that we are running this race to its fulfillment all the way to the finish line and not looking back. The boys had track the other day. Uh, they had a track meet over at the high school. 
And so they're running. And one of the things that you see kids, especially the younger kids when they're running, they want to know exactly where all of their competitors are as they're running. As they get older, they kind of focus a little more, especially uh, the ones that are really diehard competitive. They're really focused. But so there's some, some of the little ones that are running, and I can't even mimic it because I'd probably fall over, but their heads are just everywhere, right? Looking to see, I don't know why they looked up, but they're, they're just everywhere looking to see where the next kid is. What happens when you run like that? I mean, you've probably all seen someone running like that. Are they going faster? Are they going slower? Are they running in a straight line? As you're looking left toward that, that other kid over there, what are you doing? You're emerging into that left lane. You're getting closer and closer to that kid. And then they, they, you know, they fix themselves by turning and looking at the kid to the right, and then they come, come back. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're focused on, on Christ. We're running a race. We're not, we're not looking at what's behind us and focused on what we were. We're focused on now being successful in each day and serving God. Looking ahead. That day is going to be so tremendous and wonderful and amazing beyond our belief. And we are focused on it. Do you long for that day? Are you planning for that day? Is the life you're leading, living right now leading towards success on that day? I, I hope we can nod our heads at that. I hope we can, we can appreciate that we need to be able to say yes to that. And not just cling to what we think is success in the world, but to be doing the will of God. There is an eternity that awaits us. Quite honestly, no matter how we live, there's an eternity that awaits us. But the narrow path leads to life, and the wide path leads to destruction. Will we run the race? Are we looking ahead? Some of, the, some of the difficulty of that and why Scripture deals, I think, uh, with it uh, quite often is that we have a hard time living in the unknown. We want to know. We want to know when it's going to happen. We want to know how it's going to work. We want to know what it's going to look like. We want to know what it's going to feel like. We want to know all of these things. Some of us aren't very curious, but there, most of us want, want to know all of these things. And God tells us you don't need to know. It will happen at the right time. It will happen when the Father wants it to happen. And so we have to live in the unknown. And there's an acceptance there. There's an acceptance that we have to, we have to appreciate and accept that God is right. We have to appreciate and accept that what He says is true. We have to appreciate and accept that what He calls us to is also accurate and live by it. Do we accept the gospel? Do we accept the word of God? Do we accept it in obedience and faith? It is the only way. Open up God's word and to follow it. To accept it as true and to know that it is true and to do what it says. And one of the big things then is patience. Awaiting that day in faithfulness 
and not letting the world wear us down. I don't know how, uh, how long you can wait in patience. Depending on the situation, my patience is challenged sometimes. Uh, not that long ago, we took Ben, well, Ben for sure, but took Noah too, but Ben uh, to the dentist. And I, I've often wondered why doctors, dentists, oh, I, I appreciate the work they do, obviously, why they make appointments. Why, why do they tell you to come at 2 o'clock? Is it so that you come at 1.45 and then just sit and wait until 3.30 when they can actually see you? Do you have the patience for that? I do. Most of the time. <laughs> All the time. We have a life that we have to live in faith. And, and in all seriousness, Satan will try you. He will attempt to deceive you. And he will try to wear you down. That's why scripture tells us to keep on doing good. Don't give up doing what is right. Don't stop meeting together. All of these things that as we wait and as we long for the coming of Christ seem to sometimes say, well, ah, it's probably okay if I go and do this because I have so much more time to come back or I, I, can, I, I can miss you know, six months of going to church because it'll, it'll still be there when I, when I come back. Well, we can't walk away from being obedient. We can't walk away from God's word. We have to continue on. And as we read it in, in Romans chapter 5, that leads to hope. When we continue to, to live in faith, even through hardship, we... we we come to perseverance, we come to character, we come to hope. And that hope compels us then to continue to live for God in knowing that what he has said is true. Knowing that they have an enemy that tries to deceive us. Knowing that this day of the Lord will happen. And that we get to be a part of it. That we get to be good and faithful servants. We get to be called into an eternity with our God. we have hope are we going to take the time today tomorrow and each day to rejoice in the Lord to rejoice and be glad in it for this is the day that the Lord has made do we look ahead to Christ's return and do we live for him always I want to go back into first Thessalonians just in closing this morning so if you'd like to turn into first Thessalonians we had uh, a passage in chapter 4 read for us. Uh, in closing, I want to read the first few verses of, of chapter 5. Give you a second just to turn there. First, uh, first Thessalonians, chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly. As labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. 
But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing.